0: Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Gurkha Cigar Studio in beautiful British Columbia. Welcome to the Smoke and Tobacco Show, with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Mitchell Santaga. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com. I am once again in the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios. I am not joined by my co-host, Mr. Mitchell Santaga, tonight, as he is once again feeling a little bit under the weather um so he won't be here with us tonight unfortunately but that's okay i do have a guest with us here tonight very excited to welcome this person onto the show you may or may not know him from his hit brand aladino which if you haven't you should check out today you're doing yourself a disservice by not smoking those cigars it's justo eroa of jre tobacco justo welcome to the Smoker tobacco show
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a true honor and pleasure to be with you. Uh, I just saw you recently over in the New England uh, Cigar Festival, and it's, it's, it's a privilege to be on your show tonight. And I do excuse myself for today, not being able to catch up with you and smoke with you or sing an know, with you. Uh, but, you know, I just, just like I mentioned before, just had a little bit of uh, eye surgery. I'm, I'm just going to uh, stay away. And that was yesterday. So I'm, I'm feeling okay, but. Uh, uh, and I hope uh, you enjoy the cigars as much as I'm going to be craving for one.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, first of all, glad you're okay. Got to do what you got to do to take care of yourself. I totally get that. Um, but, yeah, I'll enjoy this for you. Um, and it's it won't be too hard to enjoy. It's it's very easy to enjoy. So, uh, In fact, I'm going to talk about that now. Um, once again, as always, if you head over to the number 2 com, you can find all of the Aladino cigars as well as a plethora of cigar brands and cigar accessories from the cigar industry only at the number two, guyscigars.com. And tonight, with Justo, I pulled out the Aladino Classic, which is a great cigar. Um, I would have smoked, not that this isn't good enough, I would have smoked my number one favorite, although I didn't have any and I was actually surprised by that fact because I always usually have some on hand, but the, uh, the Corojo Reserva. My absolute favorite from the Aladino brand. Uh, You can also find those at the number two, guyscigars.com. And cutting and lighting tonight. With us, we have ST DuPont. That's right, ST DuPont B Exceptional featuring the Deffy Extreme twin jet lighter in the new matte finish Petrol Blue, which is exclusive to the US, only from ST DuPont. Fantastic stuff. It's what we rely on here at Smoking Tobacco every day. They never let us down. So, Husto, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here tonight. Uh, this is your first time on the show. Uh, as I was mentioning before, I know your brother Christian was on the show a couple weeks ago, actually. So now we've we've done both of the Aroas almost kind of right near each other, which is awesome. Um, a lot of Honduran tobacco talk we can be having on this show this month. So, a um, lot, lot of fun. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about you first. Um, just to kind of get some people who might not know the brand very well, just up to speed really quickly. Um, how long has JRE been around and, um, you know, kind of what, what, what got that started for you? I know that your family obviously is, you know, been in the business a long time, but kind of, you know, starting your own thing, um, with JRE, just kind of walk us through that a little bit, how that got started. Well, I basically
1: came on board in 2016. Uh, I was working in different areas, uh, and my father's not compete with Davidov ended. And at the same time also, uh, you know, he wanted to reactivate the farm and start growing tobacco in in, in a more more mass scale that we were doing before. And uh, the opportunity showed up uh, and him and I teamed up to develop a new brand uh, based on our old blends that we had uh, in in, in our tobacco. And we decided to come up with Aladino. So basically I came on board 2016 but aladino really didn't hit the shelves in 2017 and so basically technically is is uh, you know we've been seven years in the business but with aladino six years so it's fairly a, a brand new brand and i think uh uh we have come out with a with a uh, pretty wide range in our portfolio uh and and aladino has has performed really i think has done a really has done a, the brand by itself has done a, a pretty remarkable remarkable job in in, in in satisfying almost everyone that has a, a need to smoke a different type of cigar depending on the mood and and stuff like that. So we have a kind of wide portfolio, um, but you know it is we're we're fairly brand new, but at the same time it's it's been a lot of work traveling, visiting, meeting, and greeting, and you know and and having people try our cigars.
0: So currently in in the Aladino portfolio that you have. You have the original Aladino, you have the Corojo Reserva, you have the Connecticut, you have the Classic, and then do you still, I can't remember.
1: We have the Cameroon, we also have the Vintage.
0: The Vintage is what I was thinking of, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we also have the, uh, the, the Box Press Maduro San Andres.
0: Right, um, you, have quite the lineup, like you said, and I know that one of the other things we'll talk about this maybe in depth a little bit more in in a little bit, but you're also adding the Sumatra, um, yes, to the portfolio now, which is something new that you guys have been working on.
1: Well, that was a limited release uh, cigar that we came out to, uh, during uh, uh, PCA, and everything was pre-ordered, and we shipped in October, and it was a very 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 successful uh, lineup. We did a 52 by six. And, and the great thing about the Sumatra wrapper, we actually started growing the Sumatra the same year that we started growing uh, the Cameroon, which was like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, we first launched the Cameroon. It became very successful. And then, you know, we, we slowly bring stuff to the market. And, you know, the Sumatra was his turn to do a limited release. And, 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 and it worked out pretty successful.
0: Yeah, the uh, you mentioned the Cameroon. I remember when the Cameroon came out, um, I remember smoking it at two guys smoke shop back in the day. Um, I think they were one of the first, first stores that had it. I remember I came in and, you know, and they were like, Oh, we got new Aladino. Cause I, at the time, you know, when I was hanging out in that shop all the time, that's a big Aladino shop. So it, all the guys that work there, they all smoke Aladino. They, they buy them in multiple boxes. I mean, uh, as I'm, as I'm sure, you know, um, but I just remember every time I came in, and anytime there was something new that you put out, that they were always like right on it, and it was exciting. And I remember the, the Cameroon came out, and I was like, oh, this is different. And it's so it's a Cameroon seed grown in Honduras, um, not a African-grown Cameroon, which I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, on on shows and whatnot, where it's, you know you get the people who are like, well. You know, you have, you know, African Cameroon and then you have, you know, the Cameroon that's grown elsewhere. But is it really Cameroon? And I always found it interesting on that debate. And I remember when that cigar came out, that debate like kind of kicked up again. And I remember saying to myself, yeah, but there's so many other wrappers that are of a different seed that are grown elsewhere. So why would it matter with Cameroon? I know that, you know, Cameroon is, you know, the, a special tobacco, whatever. But, you know, the, the Cameroon seed being grown elsewhere um you know everybody's
1: i always say that, you know, the example people start <laughs> laughing and says hey you know it's like you basically hit it you know the, the the nail on the head when you said hey you know there's a habano seed grown in cuba there's habano seed grown in ecuador there's habano yeah. seed grown in Nicaragua. there's habano seed grown in in honduras and you know the habano seed you get you can't tell where it comes from and a lot of things has to do with genetics if you, you have a chihuahua that is born in in mexico it's a chihuahua you have a chihuahua that is born in russia It's still a chihuahua, right? Yeah. Yeah, So, I I mean, there is going to be different (laughs) that you're going to be able to taste when it has to do with the soil, the fertilization. It might be richer gonna it is going to be, you know, it it might be the wrapper might be prettier depending on the microclimate that you have. So, you know, there are some characteristics that you'll have, but basically, you know, I would say 80, 90% of the flavor characteristics will be there in the same plant. But you know, it's, it's a hard crop to grow, just like the corojo. Everybody says they got corojo, but they don't grow the corojo that we have.
0: Now, on the in, in regards to the Cameroon, the other thing about Cameroon that you know I, I know in a post roll is you know difficult, but in the manufacturing and the growing process, you know that's a that's a more fragile leaf. Um, which I know a lot of people have talked about how, you know, there can be damages to it before it's even, you know, been used or, you know, th- sometimes it, um, it affects the yields that they get after it's been fermented and whatnot. Um, do you find this still to be true, grown elsewhere, or is, do you think that is kind of more of a African Cameroon-grown um, characteristic? Well, I'm not
1: going to go too much into details when it comes to that because you know everybody's got their own trade secrets and how to make it better or worse. Sure. Uh, and but it, it it does have to do with the thickness, the way you grow the tobacco. It also has to do with the way you dry the tobacco, the way you process the tobacco. So it, there is there is uh, uh, there is it is definitely a more fragile fragile leaf because it's a thinner leaf. So definitely it has to do with the characteristics of the of the leaf, right? By, by its own by his own characteristics, it's a thinner and more fragile leaf.
0: Yes. Now in regards to the Corojo, Corojo is a tobacco that I think as of late seems to be getting more popular. And at least in terms of discussions that I have um with other people and, you know stuff that comes out on the market from, you know, you guys obviously and um, other manufacturers, you know, Corojo seems to be one of those tobaccos right now that's just getting more popular and a little bit more mainstream than I, I, I feel like it was a couple years ago and uh, which, and it's a great tobacco. And I feel like for you guys, the Aroas, y- you have created this reputation as being, you know, the, the Corojo family, you guys have really done it the, the best way. Um, you've kind of mastered it and the cigars that you've used it in, um, you know, From what my understanding is Corojo was also a tobacco that the Cubans used to grow a few decades ago. And I believe the Cubans also changed their tobacco in the 90s. And I want to say they got away from Corojo. Is that true?
1: Well, you know, what happened was uh, during the uh, when we had the blue mold uh, back in in, in, in the late 80s, early 90s, when blue mold came in and basically wiped out all the crops uh, you know, they had to find an alternative option to Corojo. And then what they started doing there was crossbreeding it and by making hybrids, you know, they still call it Corojo and, you know, Corojo became extremely popular because it's a very intense flavored cigar, but at the same time it's very aromatic. So it gives you strength, aroma, and also can give you power. So people got used to all those three things and it can be a very smooth cigar and very, very, very rich to your palate. Uh, and they tried to, uh, since this became such a novelty back in the 90s, uh, you know, people needed to get those characteristics uh, inbred with another variety, and then that's how they started creating the different varieties of Corojo. But you know, you'll still get a lot of uh, hump or power with those, but you're not going to get that that sweetness and that aroma that, that that the regular authentic Corojo does. You know, so you have a lot of varieties that are called Corojo but they're not, you know, the authentic Corojo.
0: Yeah, I mean, Corojo, to me, I mean, I know even Drew Estate, they have their their H99 that they use, the, the Connecticut hybrid Corojo that they, they grow up here in, in the Northeast. Um, th- there's been some other, you know, instances, people doing different stuff with Corojo. Um, I, I feel like I see a lot of other brands now starting to come out with that Corojo iteration of a, of a line or a blend or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I, I feel like I see that more and more now. But and I, f- and I feel like a lot of the conversations I have when those products come out is people smoke them and try them. And often, more often than not, I hear people going like, well, how does it compare to, you know, like an Aladino or, you know, one of your brother's cigars, where the tobacco that you guys grow down in Honduras? I feel like that's kind of become, in conversations I have, like the benchmark of like, yeah, that was good, but how does it stand up to the Eros Corot? <laughs> Uh, it like says in, a lot.
1: <laughs> in a way, in a way, that's it. It is. It is something that is for us. Is 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 it? It it, it, it gives us that. It gives us that incentive to keep on growing because, like you said, if we become the benchmark, that is something to be proud of because people want to replicate something that that you do, and because it is very successful and it's very appealing to the cigar smoker. You know that that intensity of flavor that you get. You know without over killing or overpowering your palate you're able to enjoy a cigar with so much flavor that you know at the end of the day it does not overwhelm your palate and you're you're still good to smoke another cigar and that's kind of the way that you know we try to blend with aladino we blend for flavors we don't blend to shoot your palate
0: yeah i i think that is definitely true I and mean, i've smoked pretty much i think at least a couple of every cigar line that you make and under aladino and I'd say that's true. I mean, they've always been, you know, flavor first, very well balanced. Um, you can kind of, without even smoking the whole cigar, like I'll 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 start one and I'll I'll remember like, oh, this is how this whole cigar goes and transitions, and I know that flavor too. And I I feel like that's, like you said, like you don't really blend for the power. It's it's for it's for the for the palate, and I think that's true. And I think that's really the best way you know, in my opinion, you, you know, you could pack a cigar with a lot of power, a lot of punch, but if there's no flavor to go along with it, you know, you're just, you know, you're just smoking all that strength, and I, the, the flavor, and especially with the tobaccos you guys use, I mean, they're, they're meant to be enjoyed, to, to really taste that, and to, to pick up those notes on them, and, you know, it's really what sets them apart, and makes them so unique, um, that, yeah, of course, I mean, that, that has to be the, the biggest thing, and I think you guys do a great job with it, as you said. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you—I know we obviously we talk a lot about Corojo, but I wanted to ask you about something else um, that I actually talked about with your brother when he was on the show. And I know that he's been working with uh, the Pinarejo, Pinareno. I already forget how you how you say it. Um, <laughs> tobacco. He's talking about
1: Pinareno, which is basically the seed that we brought back in the '60s. Uh, we actually didn't bring in, that seed was brought by Tino Arbulin, which was the head of the Cuban Tobacco Institute. And, you know, there there is some tobacco that we have grown for many, many years. It's just been sitting there. And he's doing probably some testing and some blends with that tobacco. And I'm pretty sure it's going to bring a different characteristic to the cigars that are coming. Uh, I'm not going to say nothing yet, but, you know, we, it, it, we're in a timeline on stuff that we're going to be coming out. And hopefully, you know, uh, we'll, we'll be coming out with something special with that in the near future too. But you okay. know, I get it. So, so I think he's he, he's onto something, and you know, he's very unique in the way he blends. He's a he's a very he's a great blender. And he, you know, he, he he's got a special quality about uh, his, his perception about blending, uh, which is different than ours, and and we we that really differentiates our lines from his lines.
0: Yeah, that's. I was just curious if you know, I you know, one would assume you know if he's working with a certain kind of tobacco, I'd be curious if, if that's something that you would be working with. And it sounds like maybe you, you have been playing around with that, which is, ex- you know, exciting to hear. Um, you know, I always like to you know to see what you come up with as well. So uh, that, that's really cool. Now I know, you know, one of the things, you know, we have the PCA trade show coming up earlier this year, you know, it's, we've shifted to March from July, you know, has that, has that affected any of your timelines with, you had things you know in the queue for product releases around the trade show or did you have enough heads up about that to kind of plan your well you know it
1: it definitely changes the timeline and everything everything is rushed uh you know we're already working on a couple things that uh, uh because we also have the tpe show that we will be attending in the tpe show so so we have a couple things for there we also have a couple things that are coming out for the trade show and and that has basically accelerated everything not only that because we have to work on boxes we have to work on designs we have to order bands we have to work on blends so everything in in a way it, it is it is put on on a on a kind of like a speed dial or or a or much accelerated timeline and hopefully uh we'll see how this is going to work i i understand that there seems to be a lot of uh, interest in going in 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 March, even though I think it's gonna be a little bit early. but at the same time, it allows those many allows the retailers that are not in full season like June or July to come to the trade show while while you know they're not in 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 high season of sales. So I don't know, I have not I don't have the experience to have uh, uh, done an early trade show. Some of the, the feedback that I heard from other, other manufacturers and other sales personnel that have been in early trade shows, seem, it seems to be that, that their that uh, that, that expectation is to be a, a more fluid and more, more attendees going to the trade show. So we'll see how it goes. I think we'll adjust to, 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 to the needs of the trade show, and, and we're already preparing and, and, and building up our inventory to get that done. So that's we're definitely working on that.
0: So my next question was going to be, and I'm sorry, I forgot all about the TPE show, and thank you for reminding me. So in regards to TPE and PCA, uh, is there anything new that we can expect to be launched at those trade shows or maybe one of those trade shows? uh, Well, uh, I think
1: one of the things that we had a very, very successful launch last year when we did it for the farm stores was we came out with a Candela. And this year we'll be coming out of the TPE with a Candela Toro and uh and i think that's going to be something going to be really really good we're not going to be it's not going to be a regular line completely but you know i'm going to come out with a much larger quantity that hopefully you know because the the amount that we only did like 600 boxes or 700 boxes for 30 stores that had been to the farm and they sold out within you know four to five weeks after we we shipped it and they wanted more but the good thing about it it created uh, kind of like a buzz that our Candela was a little bit different than what the Candelas are out there. I mean, we were the largest Candela growers in the world uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, we have that expertise to to do Candela really well. And we blended that cigar with, 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 with a lot of uh, uh, Corojo binders and fillers. And the dynamic of that cigar became very 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 uh, not grassy at all a very rich cigar very smooth cigar which actually created and i think with 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 the new toro size that will be coming out i think it's going to be something that most people need to try because at one point in time candela used to be the best-selling rapper in the country uh you know and it it was even more it was sold more than 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 connecticut which today is the best-selling rapper in in, in the industry
0: Really, I didn't even I didn't even know that. It, w- what time period kind of did it really peak in the I would market? say late
1: eighties, nineties. I mean that's what we we used to grow twelve hundred acres of of candela wrapper. Over six hundred thousand pounds of of wrapper we used to sell. You
0: know, it's fun, like for me, it, it's funny to hear that because I mean I, I enjoy a candela from time to time. I, it's it's a it's a tobacco I don't shy away from. I know that there's a lot of people who do. Um, but it is it, nowadays. It's not very common. You don't see many people working with Candela, um, and I and I didn't even know that. And it, so it's interesting to think like, oh, like there used to be a lot more Candela on the shelves, and now we don't really see a lot of it at all, which is kind of a very unique concept.
1: Yeah. So you know, it, it's, it's you know then then you have uh, Saint Patrick's coming up in March and something. So I think it's it's a good thing. So I think the amount of boxes that we'll come out with. Will be an easy mover, and and I think people will enjoy that. And hopefully, if it catches on, it's something that we might uh, turn into a regular line. And you will probably do changing of the packaging and do some stuff. So we're, we'll we'll see how how it goes. But we'll repeat that last year we the robustos, and and uh, and and this year we're going to come out with with, with the Candela Toro, and I think it's going to be a very a, a very unique addition. Uh, to our portfolio, and people should get excited about that and try it because it was very, very, very successful last this year.
0: And I heard you mentioned St. Patrick's yeah. Day. So is this going to be like a St. Patrick's Day release kind of? When it- no, I- no, no, no. Well, remember,
1: you'll order in piece in, in TPE. You'll start receiving that in February, and I think St. Patrick starts well, in March. So it's going to yeah. be, so it's going to be pretty close to that. And people, and if people want it, we should be able to have some additional inventory so people can order. And okay. then, you know, if if, if, the, if the demand keeps on growing, you know, we we might be able to bring in some more or we'll see how, how it works out.
0: And is it going to be exclusive to the people who attend TPE?
1: Uh, well, no, we, we plan to open it up. I mean, I think it's, it's very important. You know, we have a lot of uh, retailers that are, are, are part of our Aladino, that support our brand, and we need to allow that. Uh, to, to be opened up to the rest. Last year, we only did a test pilot with the farm stores, the, the, the stores, the retailers that, that had visited the farm. And now that, uh, that we saw that success story, uh, we want to repeat it and, you know, uh, open it up to the rest of the
0: stores. Well, very excited to, to try that and check that out. Like I said, uh, I, I, I like a good Candela. I, I don't think I had the last one, the Robusto, I remember it coming out. I don't, I don't think I had one. Um, so I, I have to definitely make sure that I, I get it, my hands on the Toro because I don't want to miss that out again. Um, but then we, then there's PCA. Do you have anything that's planned for PCA? That's also kind of. A well, new we one have store? something
1: coming out. We, we you know, remember doing on a whole line, we have, Probably our boldest cigar and probably our our, our flagship is our Aladino Reserva. Mm-hmm. We'll be coming out with another cigar that is going to be maybe not as strong, but in that same realm. Uh, so that's that's the idea to come out with another cigar that that's going to be up there. It's going to be probably a darker wrapper, and so that so we want to come out with something there. I'm not going to. I'm still basically polishing off <laughs> all the details of the blend <clears throat> in the next uh, 20 to 30 days. And we already have some prototypes wording on the bands and everything. So hopefully that's something that's gonna be showed off at the trade show and opened up. Uh hopefully we'll be able to have some of the inventory already ready to ship during PCA and the rest of the stuff, you know, in the following months.
0: So it sounds like you have a, a busy couple of months up ahead of you. You got some new stuff coming out. Uh, you also had the Sumatra which which came out this year. Um, you guys uh you guys don't Guess don't skip a beat over there. It's uh, just business as usual. You keep on rolling. I like to stay well, busy, I like it. <laughs> you no, know,
1: it's good. Sometimes you gotta worry because you know there's a lot of things that that, that could come out to the to, to come out to the plate. And then you know the, the thing is too the industry sometimes, uh, and I think in 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 a good in a good way, always expects something new. But in a bad way, it also expects everybody to come out with something new. And sometimes, you know, there is limitations to do something right because it takes time and it takes a lot of planning and it takes a lot of aging. And the tobacco has to be right to be able to come out with something new. And that's why we took our time to come out with the Sumatra. You know, we took our time to come out with the Cameroon. So, you know, we're slowly evolving, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, on, on what we do. I think we'll be coming out also with a with a with a with a new ring gauge size, uh, Gordo and, and and our San Andres Maduro, because we're lacking that 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 gauge and people are asking for 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 Gordo and our San Andres wrapper, so that's that's going to be coming out, also too in PCA.
0: Now I could have did you say something? I'm sorry, before the show and we talked about a couple of things. Did you say you were doing something with the vintage as well? Uh, maybe I maybe I misheard that or something. I thought we. Something no, that. no, no, nothing, nothing with the vintage. Oh, okay, no. okay. I'm sorry. I thought maybe you, I, I, couldn't remember. Um, well, let's uh, let me hit the uh, the news segment really quickly, and then I'll I'll circle back to you. Um, I'm just gonna switch the screen here really quick. Our news is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. That's right. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador. While you're at it, check out the McAuliffe Black, rated 91 at SmokingTobacco.com. McAuliffe Black, it's a blackout. Um, this week. Just some a lot of a lot more notices on new products that are finally shipping stuff we saw at the trade show uh, stuff that we've heard announced you know earlier in the year and you know it's the holiday season now the, the, the last of the releases that we saw this year are starting to ship and it's usually the the bigger ones too is just in time for the holidays and Gurkha showed off a couple of things at the at the trade show this year and we're finally seeing another one of them ship the Gurkha uh, 25th anniversary beauty has now begun shipping uh, the Gurkha Cigar Group International announces its 25th anniversary beauty cigar is now shipping to retailers. Gurkha's 25th anniversary beauty sports a special blend created exclusively for this cigar. Its Corojo wrapper is adorned with an ornate and holographic oversized band. It is also uniquely presented in the tubes stand tall inside of its high gloss cherry box instead of laying flat. With this release, Gurkha is honoring the 25th anniversary of an old company favorite. It's been 25 years since Gurkha first introduced the beauty, and it's still a favorite cigar amongst connoisseurs. Comments Jim Colucci of Gurkha Cigars. So we decided to do a special release on the beauty honoring the 25-year anniversary With a Corojo wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Ecuadorian broadleaf fillers, the Gurkha 25th Anniversary Beauty retails at $30 per cigar and will be made in the Dominican Republic by Las Lava Cigars. The cigar is now shipping to retailers worldwide. So, if this is something that you could be interested in, it's something you want to try, which I highly recommend you do, as always, always try new cigars. That's my motto. Contact your local Gorker retailer and let them know that you're interested and pick it up. Now, that'll do it for our news this week. (coughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, Gusto, welcome back to the show. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Now, I noticed that you have um, a pretty good selection of sizes that you work with, too, which I also really enjoy. And one of the things I noticed is you, in... I don't know if you make it in all of your lines, but I know in, I believe, the original Aladino and I think the Corojo Reserva, you make a a Lancero, although it's a little bit thicker than the average Lancero. I don't know the name or the actual dimensions of the cigar, so I'm hoping that you know which one I'm talking about. Um, But there's also another... Which okay, one? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
1: I think you, you were talking about when I did the limited release of the Corona in, a land, in, in the Reserva. So the Coronas are 44 by 5, uh, which is a little bit thicker than the regular Lancero, which are 38. I do make Lanceros, and I make five Lanceros in five different blends. And uh, and I think today we're probably the, the company that sells the most Lanceros in, in the industry by the amount of Lanceros that I sell per skew. So we're, we're we're very proud about that.
0: Yeah, and I'm a Lancero smoker myself, and I know that this conversation with some people, you know, you have the people who, who hate on the Lanceros, and you have people who love Lanceros. I love Lanceros, so any chance I have to you know smoke one from anybody, and or at least you know try something new, uh, I always jump on the opportunity because I think it's a great way to really taste, you know, the wrapper, and I, you know, it it creates such a different dynamic than a lot of the other sizes, and. You know, I know it's. A, I know others have talked about it's a tricky size to work with. And you mentioned that you guys, you know, do a lot of lanceros. Do you do you find that it is one of the trickier sizes that you um, that you do work with when you're working on new blends?
1: Absolutely, I think basically, you know, I guess when you when you, you know, when you roll a lot of lanceros, it's kind of the way you show off your manufacturing skills. Uh, and I think you know, make, making lanceros is a challenge. Do you have to have really really great teams to be able to do that and they have to have a lot of patience you're not going to have the production that you get in regular uh, you know like doing a robusto or a toro and you have to sacrifice volume for quality and uh you also have to you know have the right blend because you know the wrapper plays so much so much such an important role in making that cigar to be a successful blend that you know you have to be very careful what you blend the cigar with so it draws and also burns perfectly
0: yeah, you know, and that's why I always recommend the Lanceros to people who, you know, really want to taste, you know, the wrapper of a certain blend. You know, if there's a cigar that's, you know, four other sizes in the Lancero, I always say, hey, if you really like that cigar, try the Lancero, because you'll really get a sense of, you know, what that wrapper tastes like. Because, you know, the, of the, you know, ratio of filler, you know, to binder and wrapper, you know, compared to the other sizes, you know, you obviously you get a lot more of that wrapper in there. Um, so I always find, I mean, granted... Yes, there are some Lanceros that are better than others and blended better than others. But for the most part, I I personally, I'm not as picky with Lanceros. And and I think that the Lancero is, um, for the real connoisseur, you know, really likes to differentiate tobaccos. I've always found it to be an important size. And I think it's a a size that a lot of cigar smokers should try their, their favorite cigars in if it's available, obviously. Um, And there's another size that you make that I also really enjoy. And I don't know the dimensions, but I know it's called the Santi. If I'm saying it correctly. Yes, Yes, absolutely. love that size. I'll tell you that, that size has got to be one of my favorites. And I, I, am notorious for being a, a larger cigar smoker on, you know, on average, but I'll tell you that, that size, that's, it's a smaller little size, but I could smoke those all day. And especially you know, in the blends that you you have, I mean, they're great. But that, that is a size that's what what exactly is the dimensions on that?
1: That is actually a thirty-two by five and a
0: half. Thirty-two, yeah. I was gonna say that's it's a, a yeah. Well,
1: a, a thirty-eight. going way thinner. Yeah. And I gotta tell you something. That's uh, that size has been a true true success in the European market. And I think uh, we actually I just have made packaging because normally I only sell it in a fifty bucks count, and they do really really well but I want to start packaging in 10-count packs. And I'll probably come out with different blends uh, so I can start you know, uh, selling it even more uh, in the U.S. market now, opening it up to different blends. So I'm just waiting for the packaging to be done. And as of probably next year, we'll come out with a little bit more variety uh, for, the, for the local U.S. market.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned being big in Europe. Europe is, from what I understand... More on the smaller Vitola size in terms of Absolutely. popularity yes, over there. Yes. Yeah. Is there over a reason a, for
1: that? You know, well, you know, I, I think uh, everything here that we do in the U.S. comes in big size. We got big trucks. We got, you know, the big gulp. We got, you know, the Big Mac. Everything that we do is big. The big Fair. steak over there, you know, all the, all, the, all the menus that you see now today in the U.S. when you come and see, you know, a tasting menu, they're trying to replicate, you know, all the European small place, the small sizes, you know, they, they look for smaller, smaller cigar gauges. It's just, it's just a different, different cultural aspect of the way we consume things.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I don't, I don't, I've never been to Europe, so I've, I've never gone over there myself. I, I know a couple people who are from there and, and, you know, smokers wise and, and it's true. Yeah, they always, they always go for the Robustos and, in um, the, and the, and the shorter cigars and I always found it very interesting, um, but then again, you're right. The culture is very different between the two. So it's completely. I mean, look at the car.
1: <laughs> Everything is, is smaller, and that, you know, there's nothing wrong. The streets are smaller. Everything's smaller there. So it's, it's it's not. You know, we're used to big. So it's it's, and our our people are bigger. You know, too. I mean, it, it, when when you look at when I make uh when I make you know shirts or swag for my guys, it's usually. XL and above over there, you know, you got to do medium and large for most of the people or small. So it's, it's, it's a different, it, we're, you know, we're, we're a, a more plentiful, uh, bigger, bigger, big, big by a We're accustomed to, 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 to do bigger, you know.
0: Now, when we, you just talked about the Lanceros and we talked about those being tricky to, to work with, obviously being, you know, much thinner ring gauge. That size and a 32 ring gauge has to be. I want to say even, even tougher, trickier to work even,
1: tougher with. even tougher. Yes.
0: yeah. I mean, what's the? I mean, what's what's the secret there? I mean, when you go down to, th- I mean, that's probably one of the th- thinner, I would say, industry-wide ring gauges that we've probably seen. Uh, I mean, not that no one else does really think of ring gauges, but they're not as common, obviously. Um, but I mean, what, what's the, what's the trick with a cigar that thin uh, to really well, just you get have it right?
1: To, first of all, you can't overpack the cigar when you're doing the bunch because if not. The problem that you have is 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 that uh, that that you it, it becomes too tight and then it won't draw. Right. So it's very important to do that. When with the way we roll, we do our bunches. We're doing an accordion instead of doing a roll-on. So uh, you know, it's a tube. Uh, so so it's it's different. It's it's the, it's the techniques that you use to roll. But most important, and at the same time, every single cigar has got to get draw tested. So if it doesn't draw, they got to do it again. So it, it also takes special teams to specialize on that too.
0: And you mentioned that you were going to be offering that in ten count packs. Um, yes. When, when what did you happen to say when those would maybe make their way to the market? Well, you know, I,
1: I we, we were just talking about it, so I need to put that in the queue because as we talk, I, I'm doing it for other markets, so I need to bring it on now. So this, this this meeting with you is awesome because I needed.
0: I'm glad. Need I'm glad I, I can be uh, of service in some way. Absolutely, that was perfect. Now, one of the things I've heard a lot of people talk about, and I've noticed this myself, but I'll be honest, it was other people who kind of turned it on to me. Is one of the things about your cigars that I've noticed a lot of, especially in the um, Corojo Reserva blend, is there's a strong taste of. I mean, not strong in a bad way, but enough. It, it's enough of a background taste that you pick up on it, and especially when someone points it out to you. But there's this there's this underlying flavor component. Especially in the aroma of of um, why am I can't get the word out of my mouth? Uh, Eucalyptus. And I was told, is it true that you guys grow eucalyptus on the farm in Honduras?
1: Well, I don't know if you know that's. I heard that from you now, but you know, remember, palates are very, very, very subjective to the people that smoke it. We do grow a lot of eucalyptus uh, because we use that as windbreakers and also uh, as uh, uh, as plague repellents. And, uh, and and it's part of the the reusable wood that we use to 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 in the farm for construction and rebuilding. Uh, but you know, I I had not heard eucalyptus before. But it, it, you know, like I said, this, the palate is very subjective. So if somebody gets that eucalyptus taste, it might be there. But I don't think it has anything to do with the eucalyptus that we that we that we do maybe in the future i gotta put a little bit of eucalyptus oil and it can help you for sore throats <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's it well it's interesting I, i've heard that from from several different people of like oh yeah and then someone had also said oh well they grow eucalyptus down there and i wonder if for any reason that has something to do with why people get that and i and i it's true i mean palace is subjective so then it's like you hear someone say it, and then your mind is just like, "Oh, you're like looking for that." Yeah, you know, you can, you, can, you can,
1: <laughs> I, I can, I can see somebody because you know you get so much intensity of flavor, and you know you get that peppermint too, or and you get that leathery, and you get that little bit of a uh, nuttiness that you know you might be able to feel a little bit of, uh, of, of you know, of, of eucalyptus there. You know, I like I said, I, I'm not a, an expert because I, I don't smoke the reserve that much because I'm a lightweight, and that that cigar will put me away. And there's no problem with me admitting it.
0: Oh, well, at least you're honest about it. You know, a lot of people Absolutely. might try to hide you that.
1: I to, <laughs> to learn how to lie. I got a bad memory. Uh,
0: so at least, so you you basically answer a question that I don't even have to ask. And that's of of the cigars you make, which ones do you probably smoke the least, or or are your least favorites? Um, so now I, I guess we would, would put the Reserva in. I don't know if I'd say Lee's favorite, but you definitely, it sounds like you don't smoke a lot of those. So
1: i got to tell you, I'm a pretty hyper person. So, for example, when I go down to the factory, the first thing that I'd go down there, I light I up a Reserva in the morning. I drink a lot of coffee and I'm all wired up. So I'll drink a Reserva, I'll smoke a Reserva, and basically that will tone me down. And all the guys in the factory, you know, hey, smoke this one, smoke this one. They want me to smoke a couple of reservas because they want to see me buzzed. But, you know, since I'm old, (laughs) coffee, it doesn't hurt me that much. But uh, I do smoke reservas. Don't get me wrong, especially after, uh, you know, a strong dinner or anything. I can smoke a reserva. But my go to is usually, you know, Cameroon, Corojo, Classic. Uh, I'm a medium to mild smoker. I like to smoke, you know, I like to smoke pretty often and pretty many cigars. So I stick to that, to the, you know, to, to, to also, I love the Connecticut early in the morning, uh, but Corojo and Cameroon uh, classic, those are my four, four,
0: four, four to go all the time. Yeah. The, you mentioned the Connecticut and that's, that's another great cigar that you guys make. And I feel like, and I'll be honest with you and I'm maybe you have a different outlook on it, but I feel like I don't, I feel like it's one of the, the least talked about ladino cigars out there and there's, there's people i talk to and i mentioned that one and people don't even realize that you, you know you have a connecticut cigar in the line and i'm like oh yeah yeah no that's a that's a great cigar and you guys do a great job of it too. um and i, I don't know it's if- one of the best
1: selling excuse that we have in our portfolio people that smoke connecticut remember a lot of the people that uh, are smoking connecticut are the guys that they go play golf. They smoke two or three cigars a day. Right. You know, they do their thing. They're very quiet. You know, they're not out there posting and making a lot of noise. You know, mostly the young pups and all the guys that are posting stuff like to talk about the stronger, bolder cigars. But still today, the most dominant rapper in the whole country is Connecticut. It is what it is. You know, people People that smoke Connecticut with four or five cigars and people that smoke strong cigars might smoke two or three or one a day. So, you know, the Connecticut guys are the ones that keep the lights on.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and it's, and it's funny that every manufacturer says that too. And, and I know it's true. And then you, you mentioned a good point. like, you know, the people who like to, you know, the cigar geek people, I'll just, I'll just say it like that. The people like me and like Coop and like all of, all of people like us, you know, we always talk about all the stronger cigars. Why do you think it is that the stronger cigars seem to get, you know, all the chatter yet they're, you know, obviously not the highest selling cigars. Um, it, it, it's I guess it's, I guess that's interesting to me. You would think that everyone would be talking about the cigars that sell the most, but in fact, it, it's always kind of the opposite, which is something I never really thought about myself either. It's kind of no, nope, that always happens. Everybody, if you go to if you go to <laughs> a
1: friend's house, usually the loudest guy is you know the one that you listen to the most, probably the most annoying, probably the one that's got the least friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, sometimes that's true. I'm not gonna lie, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's true. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm
1: saying it's usually you know, we always brag about I'm smoking, you know, I'm drinking, you know, this bourbon, which you know is you know, 50% proof or 60% proof, and I drink this and I drink that, but at the end of the day, you probably drink way more beer than anything else, you know, so it's just you know, it, you know it's, it's, it's part of the human nature, I guess, the way we express ourselves and the way we brag about things that you know, things. You, people always brag about well, sometimes things that are harder to get or things that are, you know, uh, are, are more tasteful or, or what's more uh, of a fad that, that you like to brag about.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, and that, that's a very good point, too. Um, now, one of the other questions I want to ask you is, is, in terms of, I mean, you work with a lot of tobacco. You do a lot of blending. You, you know, get your hands full with that. But is there any tobaccos that you've always wanted to work with and either you couldn't or you just couldn't you know you couldn't get them to grow right on your farm or you know whatever the reason is but just to you've always like had a vision for doing something great with and it's just kind of never come to fruition
1: I would say Connecticut Broadleaf is something that we have on our back of our minds we're still working and plugging along and maybe you know you'll be surprised we're gonna be coming out with something that that it will be surprising in the next couple of years. We'll we'll see. We're we're
0: still on it. No, obviously we don't
1: give up. We, we don't give up.
0: <laughs> now I assume that's something you've obviously been trying to grow down in Honduras on your farm.
1: And we grown, we grown. We have uh, we had some successful crops, but like I said, everything takes time. You have so much ammunition. You first have to come out and establish something that you created enough inventory and you create you created the right blend to get something done. And then once you have that going and rolling on, on on its own, then you start moving to something else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you guys definitely have a like I said, an arsenal down there of things you can do. Um, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting to see, always see what the next one is. Like the Sumatra. I mean, you know, kind of going back to the Sumatra. You know, I know that's something that you know you mentioned you guys were kind of working with, and you know, you're finally able to kind of get it, you know, out there and, and get it where you want to be. Um, and uh, when did when did that cigar release? That was was that a fall release? The Sumatra.
1: We, we shipped it out in October.
0: October, yeah, yeah. I knew it was kind of recent. I, can't, I I I keep thinking it's November too for some reason. So I'm thinking like, oh yeah, that was like last really? month, but we're already, it's, it's already December. Two more December. weeks
1: and we're in Christmas. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. It's it's great. You know, I'll be thir- I'll be thirty on this Monday. Year has
1: gone really slow for me.
0: <laughs> it, it's and it's funny. My year has gone fast. I had a baby. Uh, which you know, I, I don't have to tell you. I mean, life gets a lot faster when that happens too. Um, and I'm gonna be 30 on Monday, which I can't believe. I'm crossing wow, into the next you're decade. you're becoming an old
1: man. I wish I was turning 30. I, I wish I could trade places. I'm, I'm
0: sure you could. I, I, I and I don't blame you. Um, and I, I, don't feel too old yet. But uh, I, I know that after 30, it's you know, you then now you're, you're looking at 40, and then from there it's, you know. They always tell me, and I'm not saying any, I'm not saying that anyone's old here, but you know, everyone who's hit forty has always said to me, you know, it's all downhill from here. So I don't know. I I, I have that to look forward to to find out if it's true or not for myself. <laughs> I got ten years left. <laughs> oh man! Now you mentioned bourbon a few minutes ago. Are you are you a bourbon guy? What do you what do you, you know? I've been learning drinking? a little
1: bit more since I traveled to. Uh... Uh, you know, to Kentucky, Tennessee, and all those places, and, you know, I sit a lot around the table with a lot of the cigar smokers, and, you know, they're offering me bourbons, and, you know, it's, they always say, hey, uh, you know, a bourbon can be a whiskey, but a whiskey can be a bourbon, and, you know, it, it is, it's got some really good, good stuff out there.
0: Yeah, very delicious. I mean, that's, I feel like it is the, not just the whiskey that everyone's drinking now. I mean, I think it's like one of the most popular spirits, people are drink around. There's a bourbon boom right now. There's been a bourbon boom for the last several years. I've seen a lot more distilleries putting out, you know, so many more things. It's it's almost like the the cigar industry now. I mean, there's just – you're, you're just seeing more and more stuff pop up, things being, you know, harder to get, people talking about it. It's it's crazy, you know. I, I feel like it, there was a period where it was like scotch, 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 and, like, now it's just all – bourbon i feel like I, I feel like i see everyone just drinking bourbon now everyone's kind of moved on from scotch i don't know maybe scotch has become you know your grandfather's whiskey i don't i don't know i don't know uh well you know i think
1: uh, <laughs> totally, uh good for the bourbon industry and for the cigar industry and let's hope uh you know we we're able to uh, capture more or get get more people into the cigar smoking and then i think like the bourbon industry get more people to try bourbons and uh hopefully with that 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 will Follow up in the next years as more people start getting into cigars.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and they definitely go hand in hand. And I think, I think I've definitely noticed more people who are, you know, whiskey people, bourbon people, getting more. More of those people are getting into cigars, which is which is great for the industry. Always growing, and I think it's also helped uh, the younger demographic. We've we've talked about this, you know, the last couple of years, and I'm sure as a manufacturer, you've, you know, you notice trends and and whatnot, but there's definitely more younger smokers now than there were 20 years ago. And um, I I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one, um, the digital age, social media, you know, just people seeing stuff and being aware of stuff that's out there and people being more open to trying stuff. Um, But like, you know, with the craft beers and, and the bourbon markets, and now, I mean, you're even seeing like tequilas and rums that are getting kind of, you know exciting to people too you've seen a lot more stuff happen with, with those spirits too and you know one uh, most people i know when they they like to drink they like to smoke something with it too i mean whether it's a cigar or it's something else um but I, I think that you're right i think that's that also helps that too and which is which is great great for the industry um always take more of that um so i'm looking at the time and we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, <coughs> getting towards our hour mark. So first of all, before I forget, I want to say thank you for being here tonight because I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy and you take the time to come on the show. I thank you, I appreciate it. You've been great tonight and answered all of our questions, so thank you.
1: Well, I want to thank you for having me on. I know it's our first time. Uh, you and I uh, have been uh, good friends. Uh, you've always been a true gentleman. I appreciate your time and many blessings to your new family. Uh, happy birthday as of Monday ahead of time and next time uh, I see you you're not going to be lacking any 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 Lanceros maybe a Santi and Reservas
0: yeah you know those are my favorites I I love those and uh and thank you for the kind words you know it's funny I remember you were one of the first people I saw after I got married last year because we mean Nicole and myself got married in Vegas before the trade show and uh I'll never forget you said to me and it's true it's true uh I saw you. We were passing through. I think you were going in to have dinner somewhere, and and, and I told you, I'm like, hey, oh, we got married and whatever because no one knew. We didn't tell anyone. And I just remember you, you gave me a pat on the belly, and you're like, see, like, now you get married, and then they fatten you up so that you can't go anywhere. <laughs> it's so true. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. They make you less true. attractive for just only for them. Yeah, they get you, and then they change you, and they're like, you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: You know what? I, I've been married for over 30 years and I got to tell you, it's been a blessing. It's been great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 an exciting time, you know, it, it, for me and Nicole. You know, we've we've done a lot. We've we got engaged. We got married. We had a baby all year apart. It's definitely been a uh, it's been a busy couple of years, Um, but we've already done all those things. So now I'm like, what's the next, you know, 10 years going to be like? We've already, you know, done all the biggest things we can do. So now it's just, you know just a new chapter i guess it's just taking it all and seeing where it goes but um it's it's it is it's it's a it's a blessing of a time and i i can't wait to get to that point too when i can i can look back and remember all these times um but justo thank you very much for being here tonight have a great
1: night thank you so much and uh, wish you all the luck and hope to see you very soon and uh many blessings all right my friend
0: Oh, likewise, likewise. Couldn't have said it any better. Guys, thank you for watching our show tonight. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our podcast platforms and our YouTube channel. And as always, you can head over to SmokingTobacco.com for more news, reviews, and updates from the cigar industry. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit
1: SmokeAndTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.